0: Welcome to Shelter in Place, a podcast about finding daily sanity in a world that feels increasingly insane. Coming to you from Oakland, California, I'm Laura Joyce Davis. Before I begin today's episode, I wanted to ask for your help with something. If you listen on iTunes, you've probably seen their list of podcasts designated as COVID-19 essential listening. I've reached out to Apple to ask them to include Shelter-in-Place on that list, but I need your help. If you could take a moment to go to iTunes, rate Shelter-in-Place, and write a quick review of what you like about the show, I would be so grateful. Welcome to this week's Story Saturday, my effort to give you something a little different in a time when every day feels exactly the same. If you've been spending this time of sheltering in place watching movies... Or if you've ever dreamed of making movies yourself, I've got a special treat for you today. It's a story not just about movies, but about dreams. During this time when so many of our dreams have been crushed, I'm taking a lot of comfort and giving myself permission to dream up new ones. This past week, I reached out to an old friend of mine, someone I hadn't seen in a long time. Someone who knows a lot about dreaming big dreams.
1: My name is Andrew Kaloff, a studio executive here in Hollywood. I work at Amblin Partners, which is Steven Spielberg's production company studio. Um, I've worked there for five years and been a part of some pretty amazing experiences and movies that I'm very proud of.
0: Andrew and I grew up together in Minnesota. We were friends in high school. When we talked this past week, it was a little like stepping into a past era. We reminisced about hanging out at my parents' house and working on school projects together. It's a house my parents haven't lived in for many years. They sold it to a semi-famous local magician who made it into a place of magic and wonder, complete with a man cave tree house and swans and gardens with Snoopy sculptures. Before this pandemic, you could stay there on Airbnb. Like so many things in my life, that house moved on, had a life of its own that had nothing to do with me. Andrew and I went to college together, too, in Madison, Wisconsin. We moved in different circles by then. I was on the track team and didn't have time for much else. But every few months or so, we'd meet up for lunch. It was a time in our lives where our childhood dreams were bumping up against reality. It's been a lot of years since those lunches on State Street— but what I remember most about them is what a good friend Andrew was to me, how supportive he was as I battled injury after injury and worried I'd lose my track scholarship, as I took my first creative writing class with Anthony Dorr, who would go on to win a Pulitzer Prize and become a best selling author. Back then, I was just wondering if I had what it took to chase my dream of becoming a writer. While I was dreaming about writing books, Andrew's dream was of making movies.
1: After I graduated college, I just kind of had always had the dream of pursuing a career in the film business. I was as naive as they came. I had no idea how it worked, but I knew I had courage and drive and all that kind of stuff. So I literally got in the car after I graduated, and along with my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, And like the two or three people that I knew in Los Angeles who were also going to kind of make a go at it, I had that kind of that base to, you know, go do that. And, you know, I thought I kind of wanted to physically work on movies, which I think is what a lot of people think when they're young, like actually work on a movie set and be either the director or the director of photography or the producer. And so I got kind of my exposure that way. And I was a PA which is a production assistant on like an independent million dollar movie. I was chasing jobs anywhere I could find them. And I kind of fell into development or the classic kind of studio system working for a producer director who had a deal at Dimension Films at the time. And little did I know that that was going to be kind of the gateway for me to break into the industry.
0: The filmmaker Andrew worked for was Todd Phillips, And the movie he was working on was a comedy starring Luke Wilson, Vince Vaughn, and Will Ferrell. You might remember it. It was called Old School, and it was a huge hit. Todd's next film was Starsky and Hutch.
1: And he was building a company from the ground up. I was an assistant to a young guy who was running the company for Todd and really kind of cut my teeth learning the business that way. Just being a production company, working for a filmmaker who everyone kind of wanted to be in business with, you know, acquiring projects, reading a lot, learning all the names of different people around town, all the agencies, studios, managers, uh, and just kind of got a crash course in it. And it was incredible.
0: At the time, Andrew thought he'd work there forever. He was young and it was the kind of opportunity he'd been waiting for. But another job opened up at Dimension, Todd's home studio. Andrew became the assistant for the head of production, Brad Weston, who mentored Andrew and gave him some incredible chances to grow. Andrew says he's still grateful for that experience and for his relationship with Brad. He followed Brad to Paramount Pictures, one of the big studios in town that was putting out roughly 15 movies a year. Andrew kept working hard and learning. He got promoted and became the director of creative affairs. He says his job was to be the support system for the films Paramount was making.
1: That's where I worked on uh, Hansel and Gretel and that's where I worked on World War Z and GI Joe, Mission Impossible and just like had the greatest time in the world learning, you know, just how to run a movie and getting that exposure was incredible. But nothing lasts forever and you know it was time to really kind of figure out the next move and I wanted to keep growing and all that kind of stuff, so The guy that I was working for at Paramount, he ended up leaving and going to a company called New Regency. And they produced these great films over the years, like Fight Club and Man on Fire, L.A. Confidential, like real filmmaker driven movies. And I knew that I really want to be a part of that.
0: Let me just stop here and say that even though Andrew describes himself as laid back, something I saw evidence of when the first thing he told me is how much he's enjoying spending time with his kids and his wife right now. Andrew is not a settler. He's not showy about his success. He's always had that kind of humility that makes it really easy to be happy for him. But as I hear the way he talks about his journey, how each step in his career was the logical next one, it's clear that he's worked really hard to get to where he is now. And not just in the beginning when he was trying to break into the industry, but even after he had had some pretty major success. He never reached a point where he stopped growing. That desire to grow paid off. He describes his time at New Regency as lightning in a bottle. They won back-to-back Oscars with 12 Years a Slave and Birdman. He says, I worked there for five years and I had the greatest time.
1: But my heart has always kind of been in the Amblin space, you know, having grown up in the 80s and Watch those movies like Back to the Future and Indiana Jones and The Goonies and Close Encounters and all those kind of great stories about ordinary people who are thrust into extraordinary situations. Very kind of wish-fulfilling, very inspirational, hopeful stories.
0: Andrew has been a buyer at Amblin for five years now. He's gotten to work on films starring Scarlett Johansson and Tom Hanks. He says it's been a lifelong dream to work there, to get to be a part of what they stand for, To have a hand in creating those hopeful stories of ordinary people thriving in extraordinary situations. Stories that are told on a big canvas, but that are still deeply personal and relatable. He thinks it's why we keep coming back to the movies. Not just for entertainment, but because they remind us of what we're capable of. They call us to be a better, more incredible version of ourselves. As a buyer, Andrew is supporting so many different parts of the business. Every day is different. He has to make sure the projects have the financing they need, and he's constantly reaching out to his network and forming new relationships to build a slate of movies. He reads scripts, books, articles, manuscripts, and hears pitches. Sometimes he reads manuscripts of books that haven't been published yet. He says it all starts with an idea. Part of his job is to take that idea and find the right people to make it grow into a movie. The right writer, director, filmmaker, actors who can form that idea into a movie that won't just be commercially successful, but something worth watching.
1: What's tricky is just like you're marrying art and business. And, you know, we are the ones who get to say yes or no. We are the ones who really get to shape it. It's a very collaborative medium. It's not just one person you know, the director, it's their film, but it's the studio's film too. So there's got to be that kind of seeing eye to eye that we're all making sure we're trying to achieve the same goal. Filmmaking is an art form, but it's also a business.
0: I really appreciate this perspective, especially now, during this time when I'm trying to support my family with this podcast. I've been aware of a shift in myself as I've gone through this process. In the beginning, The podcast was just this thing I was doing for myself. It was my way of finding daily sanity during this time, of making sure that I didn't go crazy being home with my kids 24-7 and sharing a small space with four other people. And it was that, immediately. And it was also other things, things that surprised me. It made me feel more connected to other people. It prompted me to reach out to others, people like Andrew, who I hadn't seen for years, It reminded me of how many kind and generous people are in my life, both now and in years past. It helped me cultivate the kind of gratitude I'd been ignoring for years. Then Nate lost his job, and suddenly the project wasn't just a way to mark this time for myself, but a way to pay the bills, a way to finally be able to support myself doing the work I love, or at least that's the hope. And it changed things. I started worrying about how many people were listening. Some weeks the numbers were high and my hopes soared. Then the next week they'd drop and I'd wonder if I was doing something wrong. I'd unwittingly slipped into a game of comparison, a game no one ever wins. As Andrew said, it's a tricky thing to marry art and business. The last week or so I'm landing at a new place, one that feels like a healthy middle ground I'm hustling, I'm embracing the role of entrepreneur, I'm taking chances and putting myself out there in ways that I never had the courage to do before. Those things might produce the results I'm hoping for, but that's not the main reason I'm doing them. I'm doing them because if I'm going to be creating something every day, I might as well go all in.
1: You're gonna get a lot of no's, a lot of no's, and it's gonna be frustrating. But all it takes is one yes. Go for it, and, and it's going to be frustrating. But if it's the thing you really, really want to do, don't stop. Surround yourself with people who want the same thing as you and that you can relate to and be inspired by. And you'll find the right entry point into whatever you want to be.
0: I asked Andrew if he's had to change anything about his work during this time of sheltering in place.
1: It's been challenging. You know, I work in a business where you're supposed to make things. And right now, nothing's being made. We can't. It's impossible. We can't get together, right? So when you make a show, a movie, you get together and you are all working in one place. So we are not doing that right now, but we are trying to develop.
0: Even though Andrew is still working, trying to do what he can to be ready, He's also aware that we might never go back to the way things were before. Movie making, like all of life, might have to change.
1: I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I know that we're going to need to think of the way we tell stories differently. That, you know, definitely the way we make things and maybe we're more proficient in how we make things. Maybe some sort of beautiful new way of looking at a story and telling it and can come out of this just because we're so programmed to think that this is how you do it. And we're going to have to now start thinking of new ways to do those things. And are there new stories to tell? Um, Are there new characters that can emerge out of this? You know, I don't know if people are going to go want to see kind of end of the world type films or even TV shows after this. I think they're definitely going to want to, you know, be inspired and, a lot of wish fulfillment in those things that they consume and that are hopeful and that make you laugh. So I think all of that mess, all of that science and that that chemistry of mixing things together is going to produce something that we just don't know what it is yet, but in a way that I think is very impactful and progressive and hopeful.
0: I also asked Andrew what this time has been like for him personally. Being home with two kids while he and his wife, who's a commercial real estate broker, both try to work full time. And I have to say, his answer says a lot about his outlook on life.
1: It's been incredible being home with my family, for sure. I mean, there's no other time like there'll be no other time like this, I think, in my lifetime and either for them. Um, But it's definitely brought us closer together. I feel like my family has grown immensely. Um, just watching my daughters change you know every day and just become more independent and um, it 's been beautiful on one hand and it 's been challenging on the other just you know it 's kind of like in your hands each day and what you make of it, but the connectedness and just how things take so much longer to execute each day is is a challenge because we 're constantly changing direction from being school teacher to executive to dishwasher to teacher to, uh, you know, gym teacher, uh, to grocery shopper. Um, You know, it's a constant kind of beautiful tornado of chaos.
0: Andrews had an impressive career in Hollywood, but his successes aren't what prompted me to reach out to him. It was something else he's been doing during this time of sheltering in place, a project that is entirely his own. Every week of this quarantine, he's been taking pictures of his family Writing a few paragraphs and posting them on his blog.
1: My subjects are my family and what's around me. Photography is a true love of mine, and um, I wasn't always a fan of the still image. I used to think it was silly. I wanted to shoot the moving image, but fell into photography, you know, about twelve years ago, and I just love doing it. It's such an it's such an outlet for me. A to be expressive, B to not to get my mind off things, and to show like kind of the artist in myself. So I love doing, it. I love traveling, I love documenting. You know, you think it'd be easy to put together, you know, ten, twelve images a week and write up a couple paragraphs, but it's tough to find the time and find the motivation to do it. But it's like working out—you got to kind of flex those muscles, do it, you know, and get through it. Um, but I'm very proud of like just our experience and having that other side of me and. Being able to express it and show it, it's been, you know, kind of really rewarding in that sense. Even if, you know, even if no one reads it, the fact that I'm doing the work is satisfying for me.
0: Andrew's practice of creating still images of his family, of his life right now, feels like a metaphor for our world during this pandemic. What we're used to is the moving image, the story that never stops. Our essential workers are still in it, albeit in a very different way than they used to be. But most of us have an opportunity right now to stop, to be still, to savor what's around us and be grateful, even if no one sees it.
1: You know, it's great being outside and walking in the neighborhood and seeing all those people out with their families and like saying hello. And because there's a, there's a connection happening there. We all know we're going through it. I hope we don't like for, all of a sudden forget that, you know, once this is over. And in a way, like if you like, you're trying to look like a silver line. Like, I just hope humanity's better, you know. After after this, uh, I don't know personally. Just knowing that you need to evolve and look through a different lens, you know, of how you see the world.
0: My conversation with Andrew has pushed me to be a little freer with my creativity, to take chances, to step into that beautiful tornado of chaos. I wonder if, in some way, that's what this time could be for all of us. Whether we've lost our jobs and are caring for children, or are busier than ever trying to hold down a job, maybe this time is an invitation to put ourselves out there in a way that feels scary, but also exhilarating. Maybe this is a chance, an invitation to finally be as brave as we always hoped we could be. Or maybe the invitation is small, but significant. Maybe what we need right now isn't a tornado, but just a different lens. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Shelter in Place, I would love it if you could rate it and review it wherever you listen, share it with a friend, and subscribe. The Shelter in Place music was composed by Chase Horseman at Reactor Productions, and the Shelter in Place artwork was created by Sarah Edgel. As always, you can find links to the things I mentioned in each episode in my show notes at laurajoycedavis.com. Shelter in Place is sponsored by Brick and Mortar and Delta Wines. Even in these tough times, this family business has stepped up to be the first sponsor of Shelter in Place. When you order wine from brickandmortarwines.com or winesforchange.com, you can get 10% off your order by using the promo code SHELTER. If you order six or more bottles from Brick and Mortar, you'll also get free shipping and overnight shipping in California. I'll keep putting out episodes of Shelter in Place every weekday and Saturday, but I'll be taking Sundays off because we can all use a Sabbath. Until Monday, this is Shelter in Place. I'm Laura Joyce Davis.